Coffee Sketch Podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of a sentiment or a movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. So welcome to episode 23. Um, And yes, we've sort of flipped the script. How's it going, Kurt? It is going quite well. How about you? (laughs) See, Kurt doesn't know what to do when it's thrown to him (laughs) to begin with. (laughs) That's just added to the laugh track. Just get it out of the way right now. That's right. So, uh, yeah, ongoing, you know, uh, after you get to 20 episodes, then you're allowed to laugh. Um, so, uh, what's the coffee of the day today, sir? I, I, uh, I'm sticking to the, 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 the go-to still, uh, getting up, making sure I grind my own local beans, uh, with my, and use my French press. So nothing too fancy here. Um, although, uh, I did stop by a Starbucks this past weekend and got, just, uh, I think, at the Pike Place. So just to add that in there, uh, I did venture away so from you were th- the norm. So you were thinking of me is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, or, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, I'm, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm going a little uh, with the, uh, um, as well with the grinding at the house. Um, this time I'm... Uh, I'd sort of run out of um, the last batch, so it was uh, time to grind. This time I went with a a darker, sort of stouter blend, uh, which is the Starbucks Morning Joe. It's one of their um, really sort of stout, kind of robust, um, kind of bold and sort of, but it has sort of a syrupy taste to it, so I still like it. It's not sort of that dark um, where it's a little bit too uh, sharp. Uh, Mm. It still has sort of a, a little bit of a syrupy taste. Um, and, and I like that. So anyhow, uh, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I've been, uh, having this week for sure. Great. Sounds good. So on that coffee note, um, we're switching up the coffee sketch podcast a little bit with some of the content and we sort of have teased this a little bit coming into this episode. Um, so today we have a few sketches in front of me, um, that we've curated from some work you've been doing, sir. Mm-hmm. That is correct. So um, even though we've been talking about sort of the, the hybrid drawings and the hand sketches, um, we're taking a little bit of a detour over to the digital realm. Um, both of us work in this, uh, in our practices, but I think these sort of digital sketches that Kurt's been exploring as sort of a new learning tool um, we're going to take a stab at today and, and, and see where some of this discussion might lead. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, two sketches sort of at the same time, two, you know, effectively screenshots. 
Um, you know, and, and one uh, has sort of that architectural sketch quality, almost like the hybrid drawings. Um, and then the other um, looks like a, um, almost like a, a visual coding diagram. Uh, can you, oh. can you, yeah, can you kind of talk about um, what we're, what we're seeing and what we'll be posting in the show notes? Sure. So um, I'm working on trying to learn um, a software uh, that is called Grasshopper. It's a fun name, I think, because it, it was, it's a plug-in uh, to Rhino or Rhinoceros. So they use a lot of animal names for all of the various uh, plugins and add-ons and things like that, which is kind of kind of neat, you know, thematically. But um, anyway, the two main, you know, so the main software is Rhinoceros, which is not a new modeling software to most people, um, although it's probably not heavily used in, say, smaller practices that are uh, that I've been involved with. Uh, it's something that just kind of missed the boat on during school and in my earlier career. Um, and I said, well, you know, I can do similar things in some of these other softwares that, you know, like CAD or Form Z or 3D Studio, you know, name it, right? And so at a certain point in my early career, I was like, eh, why, you know, I've, I think I know, you know, a few softwares like, you know, I'm good. Like I'm not going to try and, you know, learn another interface. Well, um, I mean, and, the, and, and that's the whole thing, right? So, you know, the, the digital sketching is it's, we're talking about tools and, mm -hmm. and we're, and we're talking about sort of that education challenge to ourselves to, you know, as you've said, mm -hmm. um, sort of continue to learn. So, you know, it's, you know, name a CAD software, name a 3d modeling program, and you found one in Rhino, um, and then consequently Grasshopper that you know is of interest, and and one that you felt like you could do some sketching in. So yeah, so when so but, so when did the, so when did this experiment start? Oh, good question. Yeah, so I probably first committed to giving this a go. Um, probably, let's see. I think it was December. You know, like a, almost like a New Year's resolution for 2018. And so I, you know, during the lull in uh, between the holidays from Christmas to New Year's, uh, our office is generally pretty quiet. Um, a lot of clients go out of town and all that stuff. And I'm sure it's probably pretty similar to you, but maybe not. Um, but anyway, um, I had a lot of free time. Well, a little bit of free time at work where there's no pressing deadlines. So I started tinkering at that point. Um, and so I because uh, it was something that I had been thinking about for a while, but never touched, right? So then December 2017, rolling into 2018, I started tinkering with um, the, so you, the you grasshopper. See, you keep saying tinkering, and then I think of this program. Have you ever heard of Tinkercad? Oh, yeah, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. I, so I've never messed with it, though. It's, it's like a... Um, I, I, I was introduced to it when I volunteered at the um, with Michael Ford at the Hip Hop Architecture Camp, oh. um, and uh, got introduced to it. It's sort of a I mean the best description is it's a stripped down SketchUp um, oh. and very intuitive. Um, 
and so that you know in that case it was for the you know the students were um you know again you know going in cold had never worked with something like that but it also does a a really good interface with um 3d printing um oh, so uh-huh. You know that was sort of the the goal and objective is is have something that was pretty straightforward and simple. Um, you know to to get up and running and and be able to create something. So when you say tinker, it's like the immediate <laughs> picture. And 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 admittedly, the things that are in this sketch that I'm looking at would not be possible in Tinkercad. So uh, I'll just leave it there. So oh, <laughs> sure. Well, I'll, uh, well, and and can you and can you describe? I mean, because it's literally. I mean, it's it looks like night and day for, um, you know, between these two images. And I think it's really striking is that, you know, one, you know, like I was saying, has this sort of, uh, you know, visual coding, um, like blocks that are connected in a chain. And, mm-hmm. um, and I've been discussing coding quite a bit in, you know, in other discussions in my life. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, in, I'm, describing it that way for, for lack of a better term, you know, for sort of the listening audience, but in the mm-hmm. other image, it, it really has this, um, fractal kind of quality that's mm-hmm. very rem- reminiscent of some of those landscapes that we were discussing in the hybrid drawings. And I think just, you know, the, the two kind of opposing images are, are, uh, interesting in and of themselves. And I'm, I'm just sort of curious as this, um, you know, sort of discussion kind of goes on, you know, how, how that, that sketching between the two, you know, one's the output and one's sort of the input. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you describe it that way? I mean, in your, as you're working through it and in, in the way you're thinking about it. Yeah. The, um, it is pretty much an, an uh, input output kind of, uh, format. Um, the, the diagram to the right is, is the code, uh, in Grasshopper, I think uh, w- one of the things that helped me get really into this quickly was YouTube, and we've probably talked about this before, or I've heard it elsewhere, um, like on Arky Speak. Um, you know, Evan Troxel talks about you know you could really learn an uh, entire education on YouTube, and I think if you know what to search for, or you know you stumble across the right avenues, you can find a lot of great information that people are posting for free. And so that helped me, uh, I could follow along in the video and create the sketch that the YouTuber is creating. Um, and, and sort of, I could hit pause if I have an error or something like that. But, um, anyway, a lot of, basically a lot of the examples I've seen, they kind of park the grasshopper window on the right and then rhinoceros on the left. Um, but the way you write your grasshopper code starts, uh, on the left and it's very linear or it's, it's pretty linear in that sense. Like the, the, um, the generation, the, uh, genesis of the code is the very left and upper left corner, kind of, you know, like how we tend to write, uh, letters or something like that, right? Upper left to lower right. Um, but basically it tracks to the right as you build on the code and, <clears throat> and then quickly as you start put it, plugging these things together on the left-hand side in rhinoceros, you get a real time um, sampling of what that code is doing. And that's what all that red is. 
that you see. So all that pre, they, they call that the, the preview of the model. So that's actually not yet geometry in rhinoceros. Uh, it's just sort of a, a reference of what um, the, the model content could be. It's kind of, it's a little quirky, but basically I think it's to keep memory, uh, memory use down. Let's say, for example, the interesting thing they, they, they use in Grasshopper is that say you want to take that code and you make it real rhinoceros geometry, you do a function called baking it. And the little graphic icon in, in Grasshopper is literally like a fried egg. <laughs> and so once you bake it, it then becomes uh, rhinoceros geometry. Uh, and at that point, it's kind of like frozen you know, cooked, right, at that, to use the bake analogy. Uh, whereas, like, so you, you manipulate the grasshopper code, it no longer will, it will manipulate the preview, but it won't manipulate that baked geometry. So, so, right so, so when you're, when you're talking with Evan, uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're, 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 I knew we were going to reference Evan at some point in this episode, <laughs> yeah. but so, so when you're, when you're talking to Evan, and you're seeing the the fried egg for the first time. Are are you saying, okay, so Evan, do I get my Easy Bake oven out, and <laughs> what do I put in it? I mean, do you have those kinds of conversations with him? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. With him, uh, another colleague, a classmate of mine uh, from from undergraduate too. He's um, he's using uh, Grasshopper a lot for his own explorations. And so, yeah, I start picking, picking on them and say, okay, so what am I not getting here? Or how can I, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a thing where I hit some plateaus or, or early on where I'm like, okay, I can kind of follow along these YouTube videos, but then I'm hitting these walls because I'm not understanding what it's doing. And I should say that uh, the interesting, the thing that intrigues me and continues to intrigue me is that you know, so Grasshopper is a very, it's a parametric tool. And so it's a, it's, you're forming parameters or you're setting up parameters of geometry. And it's very mathematical. So a lot of things are in uh, divisions, multiplications, um, and algorithms that you can, you know, build the code together to sort of generate an algorithmic uh, per parameter so it's it um it's a, a sort of a strong controller um or joystick i guess for you know geometry and rhinoceros which you know translates to architecture uh you know shaping space right that's what's interesting to me and so well, the mathmat oh sorry oh no i was yeah. gonna say and i'm glad you said that sort of in, in shaping space and I, I don't mean to cut you off but it's like i'm looking at these images and then when you're talking about baking it in the pillsbury you know <laughs> easy easy bake oven um and i i i like the red dough the play-doh mm -hmm. um versions of these better than or at least the forms that appear to appear appear in the geometry to me than in some in in what's sort of the uh, more advanced image later on. There, right. There's yeah. there's an there's an aspect of the advanced image that I like a lot better, but I'm not ready to talk about that. I'm I want to mm -hmm. you know I, I'm looking at these sort of you know red forms that are suggested in the geometry, 
And the, the parametric of that sort of spine uh, in the sort of the second image um, mm -hmm. on the left where it's kind of juxtaposed across the, the kind of hybrid landscape, um, it, mm -hmm. it almost appears like a, a bench or, um, you know, a, a bench that sort of literally moves through this plaza-like space. Mm -hmm. And and has sort of a um, an interesting form in and of itself that's changing as it as it migrates through the space. And when I get down to the other image, it looks like that piece is gone, and um, or it's I, I'm not quite sure. You know, I mean, I, I guess it is there, but it's um, when. When you're when so when I'm interested in from the sketching aspect of this this digital sketching is as you're playing with the not playing I shouldn't use the word <laughs> as as you're as you're manipulating the code or adding on to it and and testing aspects of it do you have a I mean I know you're learning this too at this at the you know at the same time so that's you know there's a there's a difference to that but are you having a particular direction in mind that you're trying to, you know, in your mind's eye that you're trying to test on the screen or are you reacting to the elements that are on the screen and adjusting from there? Or is it a little bit of both? Mm -hmm. I think um, in certain cases it is a little bit of both. Um, and, and I, I agree with you personally, I am actually a lot more intrigued when I see all of the red um, previews because the interesting thing is when you, you everything kind of starts with a seed of an idea and it, it could be as simple as a point and you see the little dots in there. Those represent, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, a representation mm -hmm. of a point. So okay. it's literally just an X, Y, Z coordinate and you can start with one and, and grow uh, the 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 design into something from just one point, and that's you know sort of a <laughs> a very fascinating thing uh, on its own. But w what happens is that when you start growing the the sketch, growing the 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 program, the model, your all the uh, geometry, the the red preview geometry stays. It it doesn't change you have like the say you have a point and then you move that point or make a copy like in this case there's you see sort of a series of five points well the original point is still there and then you have your four copies and then from that point you know it sort of creates these control points that are other the folding planes that you see are sort of um, framed by those points right in sort of the the air you know it sort of sets up this invisible box that is you know creating this boundary for this plane or something like that and so you know i did i did a little bit of um hiding of things so that because after a certain point if you don't hide some of the old previews it does get a little muddy in the drawing but the the cool thing i think is that the sort of the generational aspect of the the design you could see how it is evolving kind of like it's it's not just kind of but it's it's just like sketching right you know if, right. especially well, if you're not and, using a pencil and eraser 
you know, you're, you're, you have to move that line. If you're in pen, you have to move your hand to move that line if you want it to move. And it shows it, that leaves behind the trace of where it was before. And then the overall vision uh, starts to form, you know, as your mind's eye sort of perceives the, the change of that line, if that, if that makes sense. Right. Well, and, and I, I think, but, I, but what I'm curious about, though, is that, you know, they're, they're almost after the easy bake oven option. There seems to be something that has changed about it, like you were saying. And, you know, that the, um, do you feel like that there's, um, something lost in that creative process or is it just a different method of the creative process that you're, that you yourself, I mean, just because, and I'm, and I'm, I feel like this is a great way to kind of have this conversation as opposed to somebody who is really, really adept at it and forgets, you know, the, the early moments where they were, really really testing the parameters you know and sort of really exploring what the options were and i think because you're sort of still in that stage it really is a sketch you know like Mm -hmm. like like you're describing and i think that that's great and so it's and there's a lot of power in it and so it's you know as that's happening I'm, i'm sort of curious you know is it are you getting the results that you are expecting or are you um, you know, someone, someone, some early, um, early critics of not necessarily BIM because BIM really wasn't the term, um, but designing in uh, a digital space. We'll just call it that. Designing in a digital space, everyone was critical of the software mm. creating parameters that altered the aspects of our creativity. So that mm-hmm. we would have to settle for things that either the coders or the program or the operator was able to do. And right. so there's, you know, so there's always been this push and pull about, you know, what the, what, you know, what the operator is able to do. And when uh, in that sort of digital realm, and then, you know, in your case, now you're delving into it and learning the operations, but at the same time, you already have this sort of creative vision and that's, that's, that's the part that sort of intrigues me is Mm -hmm. does, does the tool end up limiting you? Because I would even argue that the pencil or the pen still limits us. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, we can only take something so far. And I think that the creative or artistic vision is one where you learn some tricks and manipulations in the way we perceive space or perceive art or perceive time and we're conscious of that both as the artist but also as the viewer and i'm wondering if that same perception is one that you're finding yourself in as you are the creator and also the viewer in this sort of digital sketch yeah i think and and it goes back to your other question which i didn't quite answer yet is 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 that it is kind of a little bit of both in that for for this example that we're talking about, these sketches that we are, um, the design that I'm showing you, um, was uh, something that I was trying to create for a client. They have this little alley space, and they wanted something to sort of activate this alley. So there was an actual site for it. Um, in, in a lot of my other um, uh, practices for 
grasshopper. I would just watch YouTube. I would, you know, the YouTube channel would have a particular, you know, the screenshot of whatever that video was going to produce. And I go, Oh, that's interesting looking. Or, you know, some of the early stuff was just like to learn if it was a short video, you know, kind of learn a quick thing, kind of like a coffee sketch or something like that, you know, just, you know, being able to take here's a the, few minutes a day. Here's the, here's the technique for X and right. I'm going to learn that technique. And now, right. you know, I might use it tomorrow or I might not use it for a month. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. And so in this case, um, I, I've learned enough tools or operations to, to go where I felt comfortable enough to try this with a client, given that it was a very low bono project, <laughs> just sort of a quick, Hey friend, you know, can I have a quick concept of what to do with this alley? So I said, okay, well, if I'm going to take on this sort of, you know, low bono pro bono thing, you know, quick sketch for a friend, well, let me try out this design tool that I've been trying, you know, so I, I took the opportunity to use this as a, as an example. And, um, so in that case, I felt comfortable enough to say, okay, well, there's, I know the space is known, right? So the existing site quantity. So I have my boundary and then, you know, there are certain components. So we, he wanted some kind of canopy or shade structure, uh, Play, playful sort of groundscape to sort of activate the pathway of the alley. And then maybe some benches, um, uh, a bench concept, right? So there, it was kind of like a kit of parts, right? Like those are my um, parameters for this design. And so I, I had watched some videos that I go, oh, well, I could probably leverage that uh, script and make a canopy and I could make that kind of bench a little snaky thing that you see as uh, so it's like trying to take the kit apart it's almost like going back to second year and say okay these are the only the tools or the, these are the outputs that we want right and you have this sort of toolbox toolkit right now you know and, and i think that that's maybe the, the reaction i had is sort of it's it's you know here are the three figures in this field and you know the the field in some of the early parts of it is, uh, I, I mean, I like the figures at the end. I like the bench and I like the canopy, but I feel like the field got lost in it. Mm -hmm. And I think the field that was at the very beginning was really cool. And I can see it's the same mm -hmm. thing. You mm -hmm. know, I, I can see, I can see it's the same thing. And so I'm wondering, you know, in that sort of sketching process, if that's sort of frustrating to you where you're, you know, kind of rendering and rendering or, you know, working through it, like as you're describing. And then at some point there's this, you know, I keep calling it the easy bake oven, but you know, there's this easy bake oven and, and suddenly it's like, wow, that didn't come out the way I wanted. And it, and to me, that's, that's when I talk about my sketches that I do, you know, quickly that I, you know, kind of push through them and, you know, there's aspects of it that I really like. And then there's parts that I'm like, eh, I could have done better on that. I think, you know, I think the client was able to visualize the output image that you right. see here. Right. That was a, 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 a vehicle for the client to grasp the idea of the space. But then for me, it almost feels more like, just like a sketch. It feels like the previews in, in grasshopper and rhino, um, let the mind, 
fill in the blanks a lot more than the final output image, which is definitely a lot flatter and sort of finished. Yeah. So, okay. so, so, yeah, half cooked. And, <laughs> half, half cooked, right? So, I mean, and and it's funny you said that because it's like you know I'm glad that you kind of had that sort of same feeling because I think the early ones are richer as sketches, mm-hmm. um, and I think those to me are the digital sketches, and the last one is just you know it's just a rendering. It could be any program. I could care less, you know. But like those early things where, you, especially because you have the code right next to it, mm-hmm. those are those are exciting. I think those are really, you know, visually interesting um, as a process. And I, and what I'm cur- what I'm curious about is, did you have a did you have the moment, Kurt? Here's the big question: where you felt like I should really just print out this early sketch and just draw on top of it and show him that. You know, it right now actually, as you were you were talking, it's when I th- I thought, well, maybe I should just show him these images these screenshots instead of the you know, now it's it's late it's too late but what if i showed it to him now because i think even you know when i had the the conversation with my friend who asked me to do this i feel like our with the final images and i tried to explain to him that i was using the software to try and sort of uh, generate the geometry and i don't think he got it enough to where um it it mattered. And then the final, the conversation with the final images were like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's issues with like, you know, if a vehicle needed to get into the alley, cause the, I kind of, you know, was off in, off in my, in my script. And I kind of forgot some of the parameters, like, you know, the, uh, being able to access the back of these buildings with, um, to unload something where you, right. so you see columns in the model, but in the, in the sketchy, version and and preview it's like well you know that's just a placeholder and it could be in some other location right and it's and it is interesting like if there's another opportunity to do this i was i was thinking maybe we we i show the preview and then show uh, if you could turn it into a little video because if you see the the there's components that they call sliders, right? So it's like a number range from zero right. to whatever, or you can go negative. And it's manipulation. It, there's yeah, there's manipulation that you're you're still. It's not a finished product. Right. It's, and that's and that's that render. You know that digital render or that digital environment just feels so finished that it doesn't have this doesn't have the sketch component yeah. of what you're just describing. Yeah, it's and you know what? In that sense, it's really it's really no different than the communication aspects of showing a client a drawing done in CAD or Revit, printed out versus a sketch on Trace of the same floor plan, for example. Because I mean, how many times have you had a a client? you show them a printed drawing, you know, something you did on the computer, printed out and showed it to them. And then they're afraid to change anything because they think it's finished. Right. And then you're going to charge them more or something because, you know, you've produced this printed drawing versus sketching a drawing and then having a better conversation about producing a better design with the client. And so it's not, it is kind of the same thing here, even though it's not pen to paper, um, 
it's grasshopper to rhino and then to in comparison to the the final rendering so um well and and i think you know just to sort of bring this into a, a bigger broader like more um uh, uh beyond just sort of the architecture you know let's get in the weeds with the software is or even our process as architects with clients is, you know, kind of let's pan out a little bit because I think what's interesting about these sketches and this creative process is today and the news, I don't know if you heard this or not, but um, they're talking about a fourth matrix movie. Oh, what? Yes. (laughs) I did not hear this. Yes. So Uh apparent and, and apparently Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are, are both, um, on board for this, and uh-huh. the Wachowskis are actually going to write and direct again. So, you know, for those who um, are of an age where they actually, you know, saw The Matrix in the theater in 1999, um, mm-hmm. that movie, you know, when you saw that movie on the big screen for the first time, you know, that was like this is a whole new realm, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was, and I, and I think it was this idea of, um, you know, deconstructed digital space and design and environment. And that really propelled a lot of our architectural industry and design industry, um, in a particular direction, or it was a manifestation of some of that, that had been going on, um, in that, in that sort of time period, or at least that was a, that was a feeling that I had with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and what was interesting to me is in hearing this news, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, that's, you know, and knew, knowing we were going to do this podcast about sort of the digital sketch is the things that you saw in the matrix and the, the provocation of how that digital realm could be manipulated and that perception, um, you know, both in the storyline, but also sort of in the images that you saw, um, could be adjusted or manipulated. The geometries, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the badassery of, you know, people, you know, you know, with gravity and it just, you know, mm-hmm. all of, you know, all the manipulations of, of time and space and things that we, and perspective and things that we work on, you know, in our, you know, trying to rendered realities, you know, it, the matrix itself. I mean, the story, the, the backstory, it's a rendered reality. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, right. you know, here we are talking about sketches and digital sketches and pen and ink sketches. And, you know, it's, it is part of our perception, you know, and it is part of the public's perception um, or the patron's perce- perception of space. And it's interesting. You say, wow, if I maybe to do it over again, I would have <laughs> shown, shown this person that I was helping out something a little different, you know, to, so that I could maybe talk through it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that perception of space is really, you know, interesting. You know, I, I, I don't know what, what, what's your feeling for the matrix. I mean, it sounds like you're pretty darn excited. Like I was, oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was, I've, I'm a huge fan and there's a certain aspect of, uh, you know, just like, I mean, the, the most literal I could think of right now is, is how they, uh, would look at that, those screens of, you know, green, you know, code falling down the screen. Right. And, and, and they're looking at that and seeing the space, right? So there's a really interesting 
aspect of perception and what what are we really looking at you know the, it's the, it's like the right into. it's like the right side of your sketch yeah. like yeah. like like and so that's i you know and i i jokingly said this in a in a design review to somebody once because they had you know sort of what you you're presenting here but in a different way where there was sort of this rendered reality on the left and their uh rhino code you know or grasshopper code or whatever mm -hmm. off to the right and it was like mm -hmm. and i and i and i'm like okay that's great you know uh, and, you know, and it was an interesting review and I, I just sort of had this sort of question and, and kind of, I put my hand over the, you know, the, the rendered image on the left and I was like, okay, so this, this code on the right, um, so what do you see? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it look like? You know, what, what is the, you know, is the, and I, I, you know, and sort of, you know, in, in, to take your analysis of the matrix is, okay, if this is the green screen with the code, tra you know, cascading down, you know, what do you see? Like, what, what mm -hmm. are we really mm -hmm. seeing there? And is, mm -hmm. is that, is that the world where we're, we're moving to as a digital <laughs> sketcher? Uh-huh. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, for example, as a newbie, um, I mean, I mean, are you, this. do I nickname you Neo now? Is that, do I need to, <laughs> do I just need to refer to you as Neo? Is that? I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Maybe I am Neo in the, in the first, the first movie where he doesn't, realize <laughs> his true potential okay all right um, but i you know yeah as an as a new new to the software um it was totally alien to me to look at and to look at all these parts on the right and especially watching on youtube and going, okay well you know some of them make sense you know some of them are numbers or uh like buckets that you can you know sort of park something in uh and then a lot of things are other mathematical transformations or geometric transformations now i i can understand i can look at some of them and start to understand what they're used for and in which uh composition right because if you move them around say you put you know take this one here and you put it at the end of the line uh, it may break the whole thing or it might totally change the direction of the design. I'm not quite to that level of like playing around with it or experimenting, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, and I'm, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like visual coding. And, yeah. and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's something that I've heard, you know, is that uh, a lot of, um, you know, elementary age kids who are being in, you know, who are in environments at least who are fortunate enough um, either an after-school program or maybe in their classroom to, to some degree, being exposed to some kind of coding, a, a lot of it is visual coding for that sort of that sort of very reason where it's, you know, this, you know, A plus B equals C and you kind of kind of can see those letters and you can sort of manipulate the formula visually on mm -hmm. the screen and kind of know, okay, if I do this or if I slide this bar um, if I, you know, push it to seven, you know, it, it's going to do this, you know, it, Oh, that broke it. You know, and, and I kind of know my limits. I know my parameters. Um, I, I think that that, you know, sort of sketching that we're talking about here really does, you know, you start to perceive that space. And I think, um, you know, you, you know, like you said, you can, you can sort of teach yourself to do it. You can teach yourself to kind of understand it. And it's, it's a language in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, 
the the idea of thinking of it as a language um, and that human brains are capable of learning multiple languages as you know spoken languages right written spoken um, languages and so if you think of this as just another language just translated differently right using the computer to create a, a visual output versus an auditory or uh, written language um, then it's less intimidating and that's how a lot of people that uh, write code uh, for uh, applications software websites you know all that stuff all the various languages like Java and stuff like that that's how I think they explain the concept of learning code because I think it 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 seemed completely intimidating to everyone it, and it was just like this niche industry but now like you said like you know um, people are teaching kids uh, we, well we saw at the AIA conference right or oh, no was there girls who code yes yeah 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 yeah, our, yeah. Our, and, our, our keynote I mean you know really really sort right. of addressed that you know head on and in a in a um a very present sort of way um, that, you know, girls who code and, and coding in general is something that is a language that, you know, more and more people need to have the ability. And, and, and like I was saying a minute ago is that the, you know, children who are exposed to it, it, it's just the same with the foreign language. I mean, if you're exposed to a second language in the home at a very, very early age, you know, the human brain is able to adapt to it, you know, far easier mm -hmm. than when you're in a freshman in high school learning your, you know, requirement for your second, you know, your second language. Um, you know, and, and we've all forgot those, you know, high school French classes by now. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think in, in that light, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, well, shoot, it's, um, learning, learning something. It's, it's, a tool for communication, you know, just like language is a tool to communicate with somebody in a foreign country. Um, and so, yeah, if you start younger, you know, it's definitely a lot easier to, to build on that. And, and that's kind of another, it's a very similar parallel, like just like the tools and software, right? When I, early on, I said, Oh, you know, I don't need Rhino. You know, I've got this software or I've got that software, but it, you realize then, you know, every software or tool in general does serve a different function or can do something that another tool can't or it does better than. And so just like, you know, why do we have, you know, hundreds of languages on earth, right? Well, why don't we all just speak one language, well, right? right. <laughs> or phrases in one language translate to, you know, single words in another and and so but but it anyway but it's but it's so but, no but i was going to say but oh, you know sorry. as you know these you know this multitude of languages also sort of you know suggests the same thing about multitude of collaborators too is that you can you know in those sort of digital mm -hmm. sketches or in the hybridized sketches that i proposed in sort of the coffee sketches of late you know you start to you know bring those two worlds together and you know you don't know where one idea starts and the next idea picks up. And then I, then I think you have a, you know, a, a real, 
evolution of that creative process. And that's, that's, and I think that's what we're, we're seeing in a lot of, you know, um, digital practice at this point is that there's, um, a, a multitude of voices, um, that are contributing to, uh, uh, a particular vision. And I think that that's exciting. And, and, and to your point, mm -hmm. the, the, the tools of that don't necessarily have to be restricted to one person or one individual or one, uh, or one program type or, mm -hmm. You know, so I, mm -hmm. anyhow, I, I think that that's it's it's interesting. You know, sort of provocation and um, and one that's uh, um, you know comparable to the the exercises that I'm I'm sort of testing myself with with some of these sketches is is you sort of testing these parameters uh, in a digital way uh, is um, you know, both learning the techniques, but also, you know, trying to get some output and then being critical of it. And I think what, what I'm, what I think we are planning on doing <laughs> is to, is to make that bridge between you and I, um, because there are certain aspects of your sketches that start to inspire me to think, well, you know, the 2d sketch, well, the, the pen to paper sketch that you create has certain geom geometry or spatial relationships that I'm interested in trying to explore with with Grasshopper and finding a way to yeah in a more you know, in, yeah in a, in a parametric yeah. realm yeah and and that, and I think that'll be fun when when we when I can get a little bit better and we can kind of play with that. Again, said the word play. <laughs> so we can experiment. We can yeah. No, so we're not going to pick an episode in the future <laughs> where we're going to talk about this. But there's going to be an episode where Kurt shows up in the Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> and picks me up, and 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 then we talk about um, these sort of digital coffee sketches uh, in a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you, Kurt, for sharing this and being patient with me. Uh, flipping the script today. <laughs> no, I think it was a lot of fun, and and I'm sure we'll we'll have these uh, flipped episodes from time to time to hopefully check in on my progress. It'll keep me on my toes. Yes, indeed. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We both hope that you enjoyed this episode of Coffee Sketch Podcast. Our theme music is provided by my brother, who goes by at Cold Fashioned on Instagram and Twitter. Our podcast is hosted at coffeesketch.buzzsprout.com. Find more show notes and information from this episode. And finally, if you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you.